You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. John Barber here, former NFL player, just all-around swell guy. Barbershop, this is what we're going to do. We're going to play a very simple game of react to the stories. We're heading into the final week of regular season action in the NFL. And sure, there are some teams like Kansas City with nothing to play for, but there are 11 teams in the NFL who are still uncertain about what their playoff future is going to be. Some of those teams include the Buffalo Bills. They could either be the two seed. They could outright miss the postseason. Pittsburgh still has a chance to make the postseason. We'll see what happens with Jacksonville and the AFC South. The NFC South is still up for grabs. Mr. Savory, a.k.a. Rob Brenton, is going to take us through the top storylines and headlines, and we'll get your reaction on them. Rob, take it away. Let's start in the NFC with the storylines and scenarios. Very simple for Barbershop's former favorite team, the Dallas Cowboys. Win and you win the NFC East. Lose the Commanders and it gets hairy fast. Shop, do we talk on Monday about the boys in blue, America's team being NFC East champs, where they squander the opportunity in front of them? If the Cowboys, I used to call them the Cowgirls, don't take advantage of this opportunity against the Commanders, then not only will they lose the game, but they're going to lose the head coach's job. There's no way you are on the brink of winning the NFC East title. And the only thing between you and uh, the number two seed is a team in the Washington Commanders. That has nothing to play for. Have nothing to play for. And they're so in shambles about who's actually even doing anything. The leadership, the, the locker room is lost. Like, they're just trying to get through the season. So if those guys can rally together and actually make it, even making it into the game is going to be a kind of disrespectful um, situation for the Cowboys. Uh, the Cowboys should wrap this game up by the first half and be able to rest their start in the second half. Anything less than that should be uh, unbearable. I mean, the best thing for the Cowboys is to avoid San Francisco for as long as possible because they have matched up very, very poorly. I am with you. If the Cowboys can't beat this team. Those haters can't stay. If you can't beat that team to get the two seed, why are you even going to show up for Super Wild Card Weekend? I mean, you got to pick the Cowboys today. I know they've had their struggles on the road, but my goodness, if you could ask Roger Goodell at the very beginning of the season, hey, tell us what we're doing going into week 18. Hey, you guys will be the two seed behind San Francisco, but you will need to beat the Commanders at home, a team that will fire Ron Rivera by noon on Monday. Come on now. Can I mention something else? Yes. Uh, you just played that that hit, that that commander's hit. 
I've seen Kevin Durant on the sideline. I've seen some other uh, movie stars that I guess follow. Magic Johnson has, you know, re- reclaimed their uh, allegiance to the Commanders. Dougie Fresh is one of their. They got Dougie. Got to cut him a new track. He got to come out with the bebops and the stuff and give him a new track. Something besides that left hand up. Who are we, the Commanders? We gotta, we gotta get him a new track. I'll give you one more time. Those haters can't stand us. Left hand up. Who are we? The Commanders. The Commanders. Story number two. It's crazy when you fire a owner that no one likes people just pop up on the sideline all of a sudden one plus one equals two i guess staying in the nfc the other division race that's not settled is the nfc south and yes all the teams are trash but it is not yet finished pretty simple for the bucks win and you win the south lose and suddenly the falcons and saints are back in play barbershop who wins the easiest division in the nfc is it the nfc south is it the bucks saints or falcons I got to say, I would put my money on the Bucs, even though I I crapped on Baker Mayfield for years when CDOT was trying to wish him and hope and pray that he'd make a play each and every weekend. He wanted to uh, crown Baker ever ever since he planted the flag. He's he's actually been a capable starting quarterback in the league this year. He's actually been decent. So he's shown CDOT some some glimmer after how many six years, seven years in the NFL. He's finally shown some glimmer. I mean, he had the the year Uh, that Cleveland won a playoff game. He was fine that year, too. I think we just now know what Baker Mayfield is. Baker Mayfield is probably between the 15th and 20th best quarterback in the league. I think he's somewhere in that range. But he can get hot, and he got some weapons. Obviously, uh, like we say, Mac Evans, um, um, he's got some offensive weapons. And the the young kid, uh, White, the running back, He's been a bright surprise this whole season. I mean, he's been one of the, I think, a top 10 running back this whole season, man. Just very consistent throughout the year. And the defense, obviously, man, you know, listen, that sings to my heart. So, Todd Bowles uh, running that defense, I think, is, is is something that you can, you know he's going to come after the quarterback. You know he's going to come after, he's going to bring some heat. You always got a chance to win when you make the other team's quarterback a little bit uneasy. One thing that I think is really important about Baker Mayfield, I think we've seen this more and more, People just seem to like Baker. Like other NFL players, guys oh, yeah. on his team, his they just love seem him. to like him. And, and like that matters. Like I know we don't, you know, chemistry and camaraderie and all that thing. Like, do you like your quarterback? I think holds a value. Like I, I think that's really helped Baker stay in the league this long, regardless of what people in the media have said about him. Is other NFL players seem to like Baker? And that, that was that. That game will be a home game, and whoever yep. loses the NFC East will go to Tampa. Mm-hmm. I. Listen, whether it's the Cowboys or the Eagles, I don't I'm think not picking them to beat the Cowboys. If it is Buccaneers-Eagles, I will be picking the Buccaneers in round one. Just with the way I – I just don't like the way that Philadelphia is ending their season. And their season, to me, ends in a very disappointing loss. And the Eagles need to reevaluate what's going on heading into 2024. I, if that, that will be my prediction. The Eagles are going to lose in the first round of the playoffs to Baker Mayfield. Mm, strong prediction. Staying in the NFC, our final playoff scenario, simple for the Packers, win or you're in, lose, and selling the Seahawks have a glimmer of hope. Barber, who walks away on Sunday with the seven seed in the NFC? Is the Packers playing against the Bears, or do the Seahawks have life and they can beat the Cardinals? Man, so, so much of my DNA wants to support Tyler Lockett and Kevin Lockett and the Lockett family with the Seahawks. So I'm, I'm going to say with my mouth, the Seahawks, 
Uh, but but the tail of the tape doesn't say that. I, I was I've been really disappointed about seeing some of the, the late season antics by the Seahawks. I don't I've never really thought Geno uh, was a playoff caliber quarterback. Um, so man, I'm gonna say the Seahawks, but I think you can tell by my body language and maybe on radio that doesn't work. But you can maybe hear it in my voice. Um, I'm gonna say Seahawks. I think Arizona wins this weekend. I think Arizona's playing with a lot of confidence right now. I know Arizona's record. I know they're 4-12, and but they are a very different team with Kyler Murray as their quarterback than what they had earlier in the season. Arizona is probably closer to a 7-8 win team than they are a 4-win team. I think they're very similar than Seattle. I mean, someone's going to go on the road in a win-in-your-end scenario. They're going to lose. I think that team's going to be Seattle. I'm picking Arizona this weekend to take care of business at home and eliminate the Seattle Seahawks. Pivoting over to the AFC with the biggest storylines of the weekend that affect the playoffs. The first storyline actually does not affect the playoffs. One of the biggest storylines in the AFC barbershop is Jets and Patriots because is this the final time we see the hoodie with a Patriots hoodie on? Bill Belichick, is this his final Sunday in Foxborough? I think it is. I think that he's going to um, I think he's gonna leave with a win. I think somehow he's going to find a way to win that game. Um, I think he has a lot of pride. He has a story career of dominance over the, the entire uh, uh, AFC East. So I think a crowning way or proper way for him to walk out of that building is uh, with a win against the Jets. Um, and I think that he actually ends up coaching again, but it's going to be for a team in the NFC. What team? Throw out our team. Let's see what you think. I, w- I, w- I think I would like to see him go to the Falcons. Um... I would also like to see how he could work out. Man, like, do I do I want to say the Panthers need another head coach? So I don't so think quickly? he's going to work for David Tepper. Do I again? You think Belichick's going to work for Tepper? I don't think I, I don't think anybody who takes over the Carolina Panthers at this point has to deal with the owner anymore. I think that the owner has shown himself over the last few years that like I, I've done I've, I've messed it up enough. I actually need to hire somebody to just to take it all away. Kyle gone, take me away. Just take it all away. Take take everything. And I think that, the, you know, you talk about the quality and the, quali- the qualifications of the head coach is going to be available. I think he is probably the one, whether you look at how he finished at the Patriots or how he started at the Patriots, but if you look at the majority of his career, he's been able to do it all. So I say he's going to either uh, end up at Atlanta or he's going to end up um, in Carolina. What do you think about this team? Those haters can't stand us. Left hand up. Who are we? Do you think there's any chance he goes to the Commanders because they're going to be looking for a head coach here in the next three days? I got to ask Kevin Durant. I got to ask uh, Magic Johnson. I got to ask Dougie Fresh. Uh, those, it seems like that's the that's who people in, in that organization care about what they think. So uh, let, let's, let's ask that group of uh, okay. celebrities. I just didn't know. Uh, I actually am picking the Patriots to win. I do think this is Bill Belichick's last game. I think the next Chargers coach will either be Jim Harbaugh or Bill Belichick. Hmm. I think one of those next two will be in the Chiefs division. Hmm. Staying in the AFC, but pivoting to games that have playoff implications. I won't run through all the scenarios. There are a million, but I won't bore you. Let's make it simple shop. Who wins the AFC South? Is it the Jags or the winner of Saturday's matchup, Colts and Texans? I already mentioned there's a team that's tiptoeing around the circle of trust. So I'm going to, I'm going to double down on my Houston Texans. The Houston Texans are going to win the AFC South. They're going to beat the Colts. The Jacksonville Jaguars are going to lose their game. 
and we're going to crown D'Amico Ryan um, maybe Coach of the Year award and also give him a, a, a AFC South title his first year. Shout out to D'Amico. Meek. I'm going to pick the Indianapolis Colts to win the AFC South. There's a lot of injuries right now circulating, circulating around the Jacksonville Jaguars. I think that if there's one thing I know Vrabel will love to do today, it is just to ruin somebody else's chances. Hey, we can't get in, so you are not getting in. I think Tennessee pulls off the upset. I think the Colts are going to beat the Texans. I'm going to pick the Indianapolis Colts to win that division. Our final storyline for the weekend. I'm not going to ask you guys pick on the game. I'm going to ask a different angle at the same question. Barbershop, which team on Sunday night football needs the two seed more? Which team needs that home playoff juju? Is it the Buffalo Bills or the Miami Dolphins? Oh, it's definitely the Dolphins need it more. Um, they're suffering. Like I said, they have a bunch of injuries. They need, they need to stay home and get well. Traveling on the plane, that's the worst thing for injuries. Um, man, listen, the Bills, we, we know what they, they're going to go travel, play at home, play anywhere and play well. If you want to get rid of the Buffalo Bills, somebody's going to have to just flat out beat them. Um, I think if there's any team that will give you a victory in the playoffs at this point, the only team I see, uh, if we're not talking about the Philadelphia Eagles on the NFC side, on the AFC side, the team that's down the stretch are not playing the best football, I would say is the Miami Dolphins. I think that Miami needs it more than Buffalo. It's kind of weird to answer this question just because, like, there there aren't a lot of fail-safes for Buffalo the way there are for Miami. Like, if Miami loses, they're still going to make the playoffs regardless. So, I mean, I think to answer the question that Rob asked, I think you have to say Buffalo, but Miami, to me, just doesn't have a chance of advancing if they're not the two-seed. If you're telling me that Miami is not going to play a home game at all in January – and they're going to have to go on the road. Like, they could, in theory, have to go on the road to Kansas City, Baltimore, and maybe Buffalo to go to the Super Bowl. Let's just go ahead and cross off any chance you think of Miami being a team that can go to and potentially win the Super Bowl. So I, I would answer that. I, it's kind of weird in how you have to answer it. I would say Buffalo because they are less likely to miss the postseason than Miami. But Miami does not have a pathway to me as a wild card team. Where I, st- I still think Buffalo does. Coming up on the other side, there are a handful of players, Barbershop, that I want to get your opinion on how you think the Chiefs should handle them heading into this week four preseason game against the Los Angeles Chargers. We got Barbershop for one more segment here. So, Drive. You're listening to The Drive. Catch insider Nate Taylor with Cody and Gold every Tuesday at 1 o'clock on your official broadcast partner of the Chiefs, 610 Sports Radio. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews, or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. 
Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Kansas City, it's Trent McDuffie. You're listening to The Drive with Carrington Harrison on 610 Sports Radio and the Odyssey app. Sean Barber is here. Sean Barber, how you doing? I'm going to get a couple of cheese players to record Sean Barber in the studio so I can just, when I come in, I'm, a, I'm just going to play that. Hey, man, this is George Karloftis, my man Sean Barber on the drive. I'm a, We can do that next year. We can handle that. Sag Nation, hey, y'all. This is Chris Jones. Is he going to be on the team next year? Stop it. I was asking if Stop you think it. he's going to be on the team. I... This is playoff. You, you don't, no negativity to, to the it's, – it's, it's playoff time, bro. Rest up. Ice up. I'm rested. Steve Smith said, ice up. You got to ice up. He tried to ice up Jerry <laughs> Judy earlier in the season. That's what he tried to do. All right, let me ask you this. I, I, I got a feeling I know how you're going to answer this question, but you I got to ask you anyway. Me. I know how you're going to well, answer come this. Come on. I might surprise you. How do you handle just mentally this week? Like if you were Trent McDuffie, for example. Oh, defensively, you got to go play. Defensively, you just – defensively, a lot of things – are so stat driven about like you've accomplished so much to get this what is it 17 points a game you only give up whatever right so 18 what what, what, what did the Chiefs give up but I'm just I'm guessing that there's you know you had a, a long NFL career I'm just assuming there weren't many games that you played in that the outcome of the game like you guys are trained to play to win in every single scenario. Right. You know that your organization, that is not your number one priority. Now, this is not a preseason game. Somebody has to play in this game. You don't have a 90-man roster where you can just sit out everybody and we're seeing guys that just like, hey, this guy ain't going to be on the team next week. I don't know why the NFL doesn't change the rules where, hey, if you're in a situation like Kansas City or Baltimore, your practice squad players are just eligible. Like, you don't have to call somebody up and move somebody down. Like, this is why you expanded the practice squad so you can have these guys play in this game like that's the sole purpose of these games I just don't know what it's like as an NFL player to play a game and like there's an obvious injury risk in going out there and you were talking every game is every game in NFL season is building towards something this is the one Chiefs game that's not building toward anything it is just happening again my my mindset on defense for the 10 years I played I didn't care what game it was whether it's pre if I'm stepping between those white lines and you're going to make a defensive call I'm going to work about my alignment, my assignment, my execution. It's on film. So I don't care if you put in a film of the preseason game. If a running back breaks out into the open and you're telling me, well, this touchdown ain't going to count if he scores, I'm still busting my butt over there to knock him, try to knock some sense out of him. So if you throw a slant route in front of me, this is my area of my zone. I'm, 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 I'm building a resume of dominance. So if I lay somebody out in preseason – during the season, all those receivers, they still see that film. They see that tape. So in week 18, McDuffie gets two picks, takes one to the house. Just because the game statistically or from a position-wise don't matter, that game film still going to get seen by the opponent. 
and they're going to realize this guy is sticky. This guy is all over. He has great eyes, great hands. You're right. At, at game 18, you're not, you're not, you're not re, uh, reinventing the wheel. There's, no, there's nobody who's going to just pop out and be like, oh, you know, um, you know uh, one of our DNs or D linemen ends up with three or four sacks. You're not going to all of a sudden have a, 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 the team we play next week game plan for this guy off the bench like he's a world beater. But as far as he himself is concerned, you're always trying to prove something to yourself. Playing ability is hard to come by. You, you, get, you get the opportunity to go out there and, and pra- play on game day because of the way you practice, the way you prepare. And a lot of these guys have been preparing for 17 weeks and six weeks of the preseason. And if this is the only opportunity they got to shine, you best believe I would be coming out there with my hair on fire, soak, man, soaking wet pregame, ready to roll, hoping to go into overtime so I can get some more snaps. That's why, at least for me, like if you're asking me the players that I'm kind of looking at is, hey, this game matters for you. Like we can kind of make our jokes. If you're Justin Ross, I want to play in this game. 100%. I was out for the middle of the season, some off the field stuff. Who knows what happened? Who knows what didn't happen? I don't know. I wasn't there. But, hey, in this opportunity, there's no Ross. You know Kelsey's not going to play a lot in this game. Somebody's got to get those targets. Somebody's got to get those opportunities. I want that person to be me. I want to put this on film. I want to get these reps. If you're Felix Anudike, you've played 157 snaps in the first 16 games this season. You have not got consistent work. This is a chance for you to get consistent work if you're one of the backup running backs. This is a chance like for a guy like Clyde Everett-Alaire, who is not playing for the Chiefs anymore but playing for a future opportunity somewhere else. Hey, give me give me 20 carries and let me show you guys what I can do if you give me an extended look, an extended opportunity. This game still matters for about five to seven guys. Oh, definitely. If I'm if I'm a backup running back, I would like, you know, like you're saying, 15 to 20 touches. So whether he gets 15 carries and, you know, two targets out the backfield, maybe two or three screens thrown his way, uh, some some very safe um, controlling the ball, being able to move the chains. I think both teams are going to be in a similar situation where I don't think anybody wants to see incomplete passes, clock stop, being a long game. I think in the in the sake of safety and preserving everybody's players and stars um, that are out on the field, I think both teams are actually going to be in the same mindset of them uh, trying to get to a ball game in like 40 plays. Like every, both teams should be in that same mindset. We 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 want to like run about 40 plays and, and have this game be done with. No, no, and actually, yeah, as a competitor, I want to win the ball game. But I'm much more concerned by my individual performance than I am the, 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 the scoreboard at the end of the game. What do you think from a play calling standpoint? You're just not, I mean, we're just, this thing's going to be as vanilla as it can possibly be. Like, we're not calling, this is, we're going to use the Tecmo Super Bowl playbook. We're calling eight plays, run left, run right, streaks, go, curl. This is going to be the most basic vanilla offensive game plan the Chiefs have ever put together. Rob, you know, it was that Bad Bunny song. Call me Vanilla Baby. <laughs> Isn't that Jack Harlow? Is that Jack Harlow? I, my, listen, I get, my kids get me confused all the time, man. Bad Bunny, Jack Harlow. Something about some Vanilla Baby. <laughs> that's Jack Harlow. That's Jack Harlow? Yeah, that's Jack See, Harlow. I, I just showed my age right there. Just you know what? You, but the fact that I even knew it. No, I, you know what? I'll give you credit now. I would say you weren't in the same neighborhood between oh. the two artists. But you know what? I'll, I'll give you that one. All right, yeah. I'll give you that one. So I mean, that's where I would come out. You know how the 49ers come out playing their song? Yeah. I'll be coming out with that Jack Harlow. That's how you would do it. Okay, uh, let me ask you this, and I'll get you out of here. We got Benny Heist coming up next. Benny Heist. Do you consider SoFi to be a destination stadium? 
Oh, definitely. Because, like, Cowboy Stadium is, a, I want to go see the Cowboy Stadium. Is SoFi one of those stadiums? Anything in Cali, anything in California, anything in L.A., anything on the West Coast is Destination 101, especially if you're talking about uh, in, in, in January, February, in, in, you know, cold months here in Kansas City. We, we just watched at the studio three or four cars slide off the road here. So if you're out there on the road, watch yourselves. My police escort, I thought it was my police escort arrived to go ahead and take me home, but I realized it's because all these cars are sliding down the hill. They're uh, pulling cars out the ditch. So um, I, maybe I'm not as important as I thought I was. That is our guy, Sean Barber, joining us in studio. Barbershop, man. Drive home safely. I will, Appreciate man. you. We look forward to you coming on next week, and we actually will know who the Chiefs are playing. This, hey, man, this, this is a weird week in not I knowing who they're going to play. No, 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 no. It's not a weird week at all, man. Like, it gives, again, I, I love the ability for the staff to be able to look at the Miami Dolphins and at the Buffalo Bills. You, you, you're watching that game. I mean, you, you, we're watching every play, every aspect of that game we're watching and taking notes and trying to find ways to develop just little tales of what they're doing, just, just little tales of what they're doing, no matter which side of the ball is, because you know you're going to end up playing one of those teams. So I like the fact that we get a chance as a team to, or as a staff, and I say we, the Chiefs get a chance as a staff to look at a, a, a team that you know, you know, 75% of the time you're going to be playing one of those teams, so... Looking forward to it, man. It's time. It's time. Let's get it started, bro. That is our guy, Sean Barber, joining us on the show today. Jack Barbershop. We, have, we appreciate you. Not vanilla, baby. 913-586-7610. We'll be joined by Benny Heisen a little bit. We'll take a look at the gambling perspective, not just for this Chiefs game. We'll also take a look at the rest of the NFL. There are a handful of games that really matter. There are 11 teams that still are playing for something as we are heading into Super Wild Card Weekend. Let's go to the phone lines right now. Be joined by our guy, Ben Heisler. Check out his podcast, Benny and the Bets. Heis, how you doing today, my man? Happy New Year. Happy New Year, Seedad. I feel like this is like the last day to, to get the Happy New Year lines across. Like, Larry David even said it's done by the third, but uh, I think we can extend it for a couple more days for the last weekday of the new year. Yeah, I'm telling anybody Happy New Year who I haven't seen yet in the new year. I'm still telling you. So, I, so, so I, I don't care if that's the ninth. If that's the first time that I've seen you, I'm telling you Happy New Year. Okay, but is, is like MLK Day like the cutoff for everybody? <laughs> like, can you wish a Happy New Year post MLK? All right, yo, you know what? That makes that makes a lot of sense. All right, uh, let's start with this heist. As a gambler, how do you even prepare for? How do you look at? Like, number one, I don't know why anyone would bet on who wins or loses this game. I know that the Chargers are a three-and-a-half-point favorite. I just don't know why you would bet on either team. I don't know how Kansas City is going to play. I don't know how the Chargers are going to play in this game. I would just completely stay away. How would you handle player props for this game? I think there's a couple different ways to go about it. The first is there used to be an advantage where – if you knew some of the contract incentives, right? Um, like if say Austin Eckler needs X amount of yards for him to get, you know, a million dollar bonus, you know, that was another way to be able to kind of get that baked in. Um, if he needed a little bit more than what his prop was set at, then maybe you take the over, but once he hits that prop and the team is out of playoff contention, then maybe you consider the under once he hits that mark, then they're likely to take him out of the game. I, I think that's sort of how I'd consider it and maybe see if there's a couple lines that don't necessarily add up. But the reality is, Karen, like this is just a really tough week to bet. And I think the way in which it's become a little bit more sharp is everyone tends to just believe, oh, you got to go ahead and, and buy in on the teams that 
have something to play for that clearly need this game to win. And the reality is, is that a lot more often that's baked into the spread already. And you're probably getting better value on the team that has nothing to play for. That's still playing just for pride and keeping these games a little bit more close and putting the pressure on some of these other teams. I mean, I'm looking at it where like if, if, if I got a bet this week, I'm looking at obviously games where both teams need it and not just one team. I'm also looking more at player props for guys who have incentives late in the season. Like I heard a lot of talk around DeAndre Hopkins. Like DeAndre Hopkins yeah. can make a lot of money this weekend by going out there and playing well. I also think an organization like Tennessee is going to try to make sure that he gets his money. So to me, those are the kind of plays that I may be gravitating towards more this week if I want to lay some money down. Yeah, I, I think that makes a lot of sense. Hopkins is a really good example. And you have to think about the team and the team culture as well. Like the Chargers, going back to them for a second, they've been known as a team that's a bit notorious for, for trying to stiff some of their players. Um, you know, they don't necessarily want to keep Austin Eckler around at the price that he wants. So maybe that's an opportunity for, for fading there. With Hopkins and the Titans, like they wanted to bring in some more veteran guys. I, I don't think they look at the squad and say, Uh, They're really far away. They had a down year and they had some issues at the quarterback spot and their defense had some concerns as well. But, but Mike Vrabel more often than not has had this team in contention most years. So I, I think that's a fair point to consider. What's the message that you're sending? And if you're a veteran and you're trying to come to this team in free agency, are you going to look at more likely to at least consider a team that's willing to help those guys out or go towards a team that's going to try to stiff you uh, when it's time to get paid at the end of the season. I think that's a really good way to approach it. Heist, which of the teams that are in a must-win scenario, so a win-in, you're in. So Jacksonville, you win and you're in. If you're a team like Houston, you win that game and you're in the postseason. There's probably four or five of these scenarios around the league. Which one of those teams do you feel most confident in? Which one of those teams are you least confident in? I like Houston, and I think the line is kind of telling you what you need to know as far as confidence goes. Let's start with that game. First of all, it's in Indianapolis, and you have the Texans as a road favorite with a rookie quarterback. I mean, that's, that, that's unheard of. And it's not as if this Colts team is, is a bad team. They've, they've played solid all year. Gardner Minshew has done an admirable job uh, in stepping up when Anthony Richardson went down. Um, so I, I look at this line, and it's basically kind of hinting at taking Houston um, and giving you know the public all the reason to think, wait a second, the Colts are not favored at home. I can get them as a dog in a must-win game. Well, of course, that's the direction that I need to go in on Saturday night. But the reality is, is that with C.J. Stroud in the lineup, he hasn't turned over the ball the way that Minshew has, and they have not been as good of a team at home, say, Indianapolis, than, than on the road. I, I think one other matchup that – certainly has caught my eye and attention is Chicago and Green Bay. Bear season is done. They already have the number one pick locked up. I would have thought, considering that the Packers just annihilated them in week one, and granted, over the course of an entire season, things change, and the Bears have been playing much better in the second half. There's a lot of books right now see that where the line is three. Some are even like hinting at two and a half. What what kind of message is that saying? Green Bay is at home. They dominated Chicago before. They have the more consistent quarterback. And yet here we are. The Bears are sneaking in uh, at less than two and a half points where they're on the road in a place they haven't won since 2015. Sometimes I feel like the books kind of hint at a certain scenario that the public is just not going to pay attention to. They're just going to say, oh, Green Bay always dominates Chicago. I can get it at less than three. I think sometimes that's the, the reason that that line is different 
because money is moving in that direction. And I think Chicago might be live to upset Green Bay and knock them out of the playoffs. Heist, what would you do if you were the Bears regarding Justin Fields and Caleb Williams? It's a really good question. I am of the belief that Ryan Poles has tried to build this team around character and culture. And right now you have everybody on that roster advocating for Justin Fields. I think you can get an absolute King's ransom for that number one pick and still probably end up with the best wide receiver in the draft and Marvin Harrison Jr., maybe neighbors out of LSU. Um, you can still get a quality top-tier edge rusher to go alongside Montez Sweat. You can beef off the offensive line. Like I, I think if you do all of those different things to build up the team around fields, now that he's fully in sync and you're building on continuity with the coaching staff, this is a playoff team next year. And Fields isn't going to be that expensive over the next couple of years. You still have two years of team control. You pick up the fifth-year option. I think that probably makes the most amount of sense. Now, if you can get like a, a first-round pick for Fields, that might change the consideration. But I, I trust Ryan Poles. I think his talent evaluation, maybe other than the Chase Claypool trade, has actually been pretty solid. Uh, but I think if you're looking for continuity and you're trying to practice what you preach, you build a really good team around Fields, and then you try and see if you can do it there. Last couple things here, Ben Heisler, and you were joined to us by Twin Peaks. Eat, drink, and see the scenic views. We have been handling this like preseason week four, so we've had more nonsense than I think we usually would have for a team that is heading into the postseason like Kansas City. I'm going to ask you some of the questions that we have been answering over the course of the week. All right, let's start with Waffle House. We were having a debate uh, um, uh, if Waffle House is a diner or not. Do you consider Waffle House to be a diner? I'm trying to remember like the the full menu at Waffle House. Like, can you get like deli style sandwiches? Because that's that's like a part of a diner too. It's not just breakfast food. You got to have the lunch menu. Does Waffle House also have the lunch menu there as well? I don't know, but if I went with somebody to Waffle House and they got a pastrami sandwich, I would consider you to be you're you're a masochist. Something's <laughs> wrong with you. Like you you are sick. Why would you do this? <laughs> All right, fair enough. Then I would not consider Waffle House a diner. All right. Uh, another thing is when you eat spaghetti, do you like your spaghetti mixed or separate? So do you like noodles and then it's like noodles in one pan, sauce in another pan, or do you like everything kind of jumbled up into one pan? No, you mix the spaghetti and the sauce together. Like you're trying to have a combined spaghetti and sauce experience. The noodles in and of itself are made if you have the good sauce and the right ingredients. I think anyone that's eating it off to the side or making it separately, I, I don't understand that concept at all. Okay. All right. Last thing here. Let's say that I invite you to the movies, and I'm like, hey, Heist, let's go see the movies. You get three candies to go to the movie theater with. What are your three? <sighs> Probably go some combination. Like, my all-time favorite candy is peanut butter M&M's. Like, that's the top of the list. Probably go that. Uh, probably another peanut butter with uh, with Reese's Pieces. Uh, and then every so often, see that, like, I'll, I'll mix it up. I like that little, like, co the cookie dough candy. I haven't gone to the movies in a while, but, like, it's a, the chocolate-covered cookie dough. Um, that's a really solid one to snack on, except the problem is that you just eat that in five minutes. You have a sugar rush throughout the entire movie, and then all of a sudden you get sleepy. That is our guy, Ben Heisler, joining us on the show today to talk a little gambling and just random nonsense. That actually really sums up the drive in a lot of ways. Ben Heisler, <laughs> he is presented to you by Twin Peaks. Eat, drink, and see the scenic views. Heis, I appreciate you. 
I appreciate you. Were you were you thinking I was gonna be like, hey, I would bring a kale smoothie to the movie theater? Were you expecting something like that? Heist, I've known you well enough to know you laugh like that's outside the realm of possibility that you would take a <laughs> kale smoothie to the movies. Come on now, Heist. That's fair enough, but then you run into the bathroom, you miss the movie. But I appreciate you seeing that. Happy New Year, bud. Absolutely. That's my guy, Ben Heisler, joining us on the show today. In a shocking turn of events, Pat McAfee is having beef with ESPN. We'll play for you what he had to say earlier today on ESPN. That's coming up. Keep it right here. It's The Drive. You're listening to The Drive with Carrington Harrison. Brought to you by Deep Pasquale Moore. Remember, Mike's got this. Don't forget to catch Odyssey NFL insider Peter King every Tuesday at 4 p.m. right here on 610 Sports Radio. We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. The only place in town to hear the hypothetical button game is on The Drive with Carrington Harrison. Pat McAfee has had some kind of week from letting a naysayer know to the comments from Aaron Rodgers directed towards Jimmy Kimmel to today he had a beef with his employer. We haven't got through the entire football season and there's already a Pat McAfee versus ESPN storyline. That's not what I was expecting. I want to play for you guys the audio from, I don't know if Pat McAfee is the most popular person that does this job, but he is certainly on the short list of people that are the most popular to do this job, and things are not going well for him at ESPN. Here is the audio. We're very appreciative, and we understand that more people are watching this show than ever before. We're very thankful for the ESPN folks being very hospitable. Now, there are some people actively trying to sabotage us from within ESPN. More specifically, I believe Norby Williamson is the guy who is attempting to sabotage our program. I'm not 100% sure. That is just seemingly the only human that has information, and then somehow that information gets leaked, and it's wrong, and then it sets a narrative of what our show is, and then are we just going to combat that from a rat every single time? I don't know. But, like, somebody tried to get ahead of our actual ratings release with wrong numbers 12 hours beforehand. That's a sabotage attempt, and it's been happening basically this entire season from some people who didn't necessarily love the old edition of the Pat McAfee show to the ESPN family. Sure. There's a lot of those. We've heard them anonymously quoted in the Washington Post, mm-hmm. in the New York Post, right. in the New York Times, right. in the L.A. Times, right. in Wall Street Journal. Right. And they're never like, yeah, love the show. This is awesome. It's always like little things to try to tear us down. 
So even with the enemy within our own camp, somebody that we don't, I don't like that guy. That guy left me in his office for 45 minutes, no-showed me in 2018. So this guy has had zero respect for me. And in return, same thing, back to him for a long time. So even with that taking place, and potential PR, like, there's, we're still growing somehow. Yep. So we're very thankful. Yeah. I think we're doing it right. We're trying to do it as right as possible. Mm -hmm. We have good intentions every single time we come in here. We don't always get it right. All right, let me tell you who Norby Williamson is because he is very, very important at ESPN. He has worked there for almost 40 years. Norby Williamson is the executive editor and head of event and studio production. He is basically one of their top producers over at ESPN. He is one of the people that helps call the shots over there at ESPN. I don't like Pat McAfee in the way that you guys like Pat McAfee. And it's not just like I think Pat McAfee is bad at this. I think Pat McAfee is actually very, very good at this. That's just not the kind of sports talk that I personally am really into. Like, I'm really into, like, the hard-hitting opinion. Like, I am much more of a Colin Cowherd person than that. But I certainly understand why Pat McAfee is very popular. He has had great success with this show. And he has done a phenomenal job with this show. There's a couple things I think about. Pat McAfee that I think are maybe like some like inside baseball conversations. I think that Pat McAfee is hard to work with. I don't say this from a place of like ignorance. Like I don't know. I think Pat McAfee is hard to work with. It has been an issue for him at almost every place that he has been at so far since he has really, really made it. So to speak, he has had some kind of issue everywhere that he has gone. And I also just don't, I don't think Pat McAfee wants a boss. And that's perfectly fine. A lot of people don't want a boss. But I think this was something that many of us saw from the very, very beginning. And when he left FanDuel, you work for somebody. And I don't care how successful you are, but when you work for other people, there are just going to be certain rules and regulations and BS that you got to deal with in order to keep that thing running. Like, Pat McAfee signed up to be part of the machine. That's what ESPN is. It is the man. And I would say his brand and his show has kind of been being anti what I think ESPN is. ESPN super buttoned up. It's Mickey Mouse. It's Disney. It's corporate. It's the, I guess, music example of, like, you have gone mainstream. But everything about Pat McAfee's appeal is more underground. And it's, hey, it's a, if you know, you know, and we've created this very tightly knit community on and off the air. It never really made sense to me why he would leave the freedom that he had working for a gambling company in FanDuel and why he would take the ESPN job. This was not hard to see that eventually the people at ESPN and Pat McAfee were going to be on different pages. Like, that was not that hard to be. Almost everywhere that Pat McAfee has gone, eventually he has been on the other side. My advice to Pat McAfee, and he obviously doesn't need my advice. He's far more successful at this than I've been. You have enough money and stature. Do this on your own. Do this on your own. You don't need anybody. Get corporate investors and do advertisers, and you only really have to answer to them. But it's... Do basically what we saw Dan Levertard do. I don't know who Dan Levertard works for. Do you know who Dan Levertard works for? I assume he doesn't work for anybody. I started my own company. 
I do my own show, and I have the freedom to do what I want to do. Fund this thing yourself. But he just kind of seems to me, at least just from the outside looking in and just what I kind of know being on the outside of this situation, he wants to, like, take the corporate money but doesn't want any of the corporate guidelines and restrictions. And I am just telling you that's not how this works. That's not how it works. You want a record label without the record label telling you what to do. That's not how this works. If you don't want the record label and you want to be independent, great. Well, there's some challenges that come with being independent. But that's what Pat McAfee is to me. You you can't be both. You can't be the outsider rebel and work at ESPN. The game doesn't work that way. This story actually tells me more about ESPN than does Pat McAfee. Because I was reading some stuff over at Awful Announcing. and they They've been following this pretty aggressively because that's what they do. And their editor-in-chief, the guy who owns it, has been saying that people in the TV sphere know that Norby Williamson is a person who is trying to amass power and has a certain vision for ESPN and was upset by the hiring of Pat McAfee because it was a different vision. I believe the editor-in-chief goes on to say he lost it. Norby lost an hour of SportsCenter when ESPN decided to make the move to Pat. Norby hated that. People in the know know that he leaks things to better his own agenda. So... What I see in this story, and I'm not saying anything you said about Pat McAfee is wrong, but what I see is ESPN doesn't know what it's trying to be. There are clearly people at ESPN who hired Pat because they know Pat is Pat. We're going to bring that on. It is going to bring a younger audience. It is different from what we do, but it's time to break the mold and be different. Being buttoned up, being Mickey Mouse is not working right now. Being the talking heads yell at each other's show is not working right now. Let's break the mold and let's get that. But it's clear there are other people at ESPN who thought to themselves, that's not what we are. And this leak, if Pat's correct, from a person named Norby Williamson, to me highlights potential infighting at the four-letter network about what they view the future of the four-letter network as. I'm, I'm not dismissing anything you said about Pat. It's very possible that you can say it's 100% correct. I don't know Pat at all. But what I do know is if Pat's right and there's a person at ESPN leaking information – which Awful Announcing says happens a lot with this person at ESPN who likes to have the old vision of ESPN, then ESPN needs to figure out what it is. Is it 1970s highlight shows, or is it what, it, what media is in 2023, which is Pat McAfee types and Barstool types taking over the space? I think that ESPN, I, I agree with you that they are kind of stuck. ESPN is a vehicle that you get opinions and you get live sports. Like, I'm seeing the top text. ESPN is and was already dying. They needed a personality that would bring a younger demographic. But we at least have to acknowledge why ESPN is dying. Our viewing habits change. Our viewing habits change. Like, I, I, I think some of this is like the public is just unaware on things. Like, podcasting is obviously incredibly important. Rob, we know a lot of people have a podcast. Do you know a lot of people that make a living off podcasting? Like, a, like a living of it. Like, you are a part of you are part of the machine. That's what it is. You are a part of the machine. And there's nothing wrong with being a part of the machine. I'm a part of the machine. But you just got to understand that when you take part of the machine's money, the way that Pat McAfee decided to take a lot of the machine's money at ESPN, there is going to be certain guidelines and things that you can and cannot do. And I always thought that was going to be a struggle that he was going to face. And he is currently facing that right now. At ESPN. Coming up on the other side, we'll be joined by Nate Taylor of The Athletic. Keep it right here, Sidron. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. 
And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. 